Lord, we come before you this morning and we recognize that not only apart from you we can do nothing, but there is nothing apart from you that we need or want that even comes close to you. We thank you that in the midst of all that's going on and all the negative, all the things that in some ways are trying to instill fear, there is faith still among your people. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in that faith. And, and, and as we do, that you would receive the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you even the, this morning um, along our, our, our Facebook feed, just that uh, Faith G2 is almost completely close, so close. We pray that you just finish that. But we thank you for the praise of what has been done. And in that, that that future praise of what you will do. Lord, for those this morning, I just need your touch. Jesus, just say the word. Right where they're at, right now, right here. Jesus. Just as you entered... After the resurrection, you entered the locked doors and were there. You would enter each home, each place where people are watching and listening this morning. And you would speak peace and you would bring life in what you need to do in us. So, Lord Jesus, thank you. We do praise you and we look forward to hearing from you in your word. Open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have to say. Some of which, like last week, is hard to take. It's hard to receive. At least in a sense, we don't always want to hear. Holy Spirit, breakthrough. We really do want to be different. We really do want to be where you want us. So move, move now as only you can do in a mighty and a powerful way. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you would, you have your Bibles there to turn to Second Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to read our passage as we get into part 2 here. Our passage in Second Samuel 16 verse 5. As King David approached Baharim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera. And he cursed as he came out, and he pelted David and all the king's officials with stones. And though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left, and he cursed, Shimei said, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. 
The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. And then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. But the king said, What do you and I have in common, you sons of Zeruiah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to him, Curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? David then said to Abishai and all his officials, My son, who is of my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more than this Benjaminite? Leave him alone. Let his curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me for, with good for the cursing that I am receiving today. And so David and his men continued along the road while Shimei was going along the hillside opposite him, cursing as he went and throwing stones at him and showering him with dirt. The king and all the people with him arrived at their destination, exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. So the title of the last two messages has been, Let It Go. You, you've seen that. That's what we've got here. And I know that some of you, last week and now this week, have been thinking something. And I don't think that I can let it go any further. In fact, especially after last week, up here where we're at, where it seemed like we were having snow every day i saw the neighbors mowing the yard and then we had to shovel the driveway in fact i was getting a little tired of all my relatives who live farther south like ohio uh that live farther south sending me these memes do you want to build a snowman oh that was not fun uh, as you think about this. But it did seem like Elsa had arrived and we were getting ready to begin this. Frozen 3. That's right. Welcome to PA. Frozen 3. Some of you are just probably waiting for me to sing it, right? Let it go, let it go. Uh, no, no, no. On so many levels, I'm not going to sing that song, including the fact that really that song is the opposite of the whole uh, message that is here today that God has for us. Although the movie in itself and the sacrificial love that is there, there are some good things that are appropriate to our message today. But what I'm thinking is that we've been sheltered in place for so long that perhaps where you're at is starting to get cold inside. Maybe some relationships are starting to get frozen. I know someone's probably thinking, no, 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 not, not at our house. Things are still plenty heated. They're still plenty heated as is getting more and more on edge. And, and you think that a theme song, Better Than Let It Go, would probably be, It only takes a spark. To get a fire going. That's right. That's what's happening. That's the theme song. Let's face it. In general, we have had to learn the lesson to let it go instead of letting it grow. 
Last week, we looked at the example of Shimei in this passage and his overreaction and how he let it grow. But this week, we're going to look at David, whose response is to let it go. How did he do that? How can we do that today? We're going to boil it down just to two steps that we're going to look at. Here's the first one. The one who lets it go recognizes the wrong done. The one who lets it go recognizes the wrong done. So let's look again at Shimei, verses 6 and 7 here, and what he has to say. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones, though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left. And as he cursed, Shimei said, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. So here he is. You know, throwing the stone, saying these things, not only at David, but you got the royal guard there, even part of the royal family, shouting slanderous lies, name calling. Besides this obvious foolishness of what Shimei is doing, there is the disrespecting of the leader that God has appointed and the breaking of the actual law of God. Sin is taking place here. Exodus chapter 22, verse 28 says, Do not blaspheme God or curse the ruler of your people. And the possibility of this being punishable by death is not that far away. Definitely, as we think through this, you know, as we looked even at David's way of dealing with anyone who disrespected, anyone who took things out against Saul or his family, David talked about how not touching the Lord's anointed and that he dealt with it very swiftly, anybody who did anything towards them. The fact that Shimei is allowed to go unpunished here is almost inconceivable that that could take place. But letting it go is about just that. Making a decision to overlook an offense or wrong that is done. That's why the verse we shared last week we see here on your screen in Proverbs 19.11, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. That doesn't mean that David is pretending that Shimei didn't say or do anything. When we're talking about overlooking, David is not ignoring what he's hearing. Look later in verse 10. But the king said, David said, What do you and I have in common, you sons of Zeruiah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, you can ask. David recognizes what's going on here. Yes, he lets it go. Yes, he's overlooking it. But he knows this man is cursing. He is wrong and he is wronging David. He is sinning. But letting go is about forgiving, about covering over the sin and not letting it grow in our minds. Letting it go is not something where you just, well, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to keep quiet. I just won't be silent. I won't say anything. I'm just going to let it go. But you don't really. To let it go is not something that's passive. That you just kind of, well... Uh, you know, I let it go over time, you know, eventually, uh, you know, I just kind of... No, letting it go is an active choice today, right now. This is the choice we make. And to let it go does not dim- diminish how costly our forgiveness really is. Like sometimes the person who wrongs us, 
uh, tries to make it out to be like, hey, it's no big deal. You know, it's not a big deal. Just let it go. Why are you making such a big deal? It's not a big deal. It is a big deal many times. And if nothing else, it's a big deal to us. It is wrong. But that doesn't change the fact that we are to let it go, to cover over. does not mean we minimize what was said or done. We recognize the wrong that is done. Which is not easy, especially when you think about what's happening with David, who was not only completely innocent of what Shimei was accusing him of, but in fact, David did the exact opposite. He had intentionally tried to be kind, to spare the lives of Saul and his family amidst others who wanted to do differently. David stood firm in not doing that, and now he's being accused of the one who did it accused of things that you not only didn't do, but accused of things that you tried to do the exact opposite of, can be infuriating. And what's ironic with Shimei is that he accused David of murder, but with his little rant and everything that he's saying here, Shimei is the murderer. As far as God is concerned, he is the murderer, of, guilty of murder of David, a sin that so many fall into today, like Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, I tell you, anyone who is angry with brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And again, who says to a brother or sister, Raka is answerable to court, but anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. That's not the only place something like this is. Look at this verse in 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. It is very clear in what Shimei is sharing and how he is doing it, the hate that is there. So often the very thing that we're accusing someone of is the very thing that we ourselves really are guilty of. So he says, well, but, but, but I don't hate them. Okay. That's what you said, but... No, wait, I mean... You actually, those words came out of your mouth. I hate you. Or that's the way you acted. And even if nothing else, is there any evidence that you actually love them? We recognize wrong is wrong. And let it go. Yeah, somebody says that, but, but let it go... I realize there's times when somebody says or does something that's really not that bad. You get a little too bent out of shape than what you should have been. And yes, there's times you just need to chill out and just kind of let it go. Uh, But what this person did to me, Pastor, but what this person did was really bad. It's not a little thing. They did it on purpose. I don't think that's something you just let go. Yet the truth is, Shimei, what he did to David was not just wrong, it was sin, it was cruel, it was a crime. It was on purpose, with malice. It was blatant, it was public, and yet David let it go. In fact, David did not just let it go with someone who was being disrespectful or calling him names. He let it go with someone who only had enough guts to say all this stuff when David was down. The whole kicking someone when they're, when they're down and piling on when David already had a whole lot of other problems 
that were going on with him. As he shares in verse 11, David said to Abishai and his officials, my son who is my very own flesh is trying to take my life. How much more than this Benjamite? David was having to leave Jerusalem, actually run out of Jerusalem in a weakened condition in a variety of ways, troubled by his treasonous son, Absalom, who was trying to take the throne. And all Shimei could think of in that time was to step out and in verse 8, Shimei says, The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. So he's just rubbing, David's already gone through this, and he's just rubbing the salt into the wound and just blaming him and all these kind of things. It's interesting that Shimei wanted to celebrate, so to speak, that David finally got what he was coming to him, at least in his opinion. But David did not react and treat Shimei by giving him what he had coming to him. You know, as you think about this whole situation that David's in, it's interesting that the enemy always knows when is the perfect time to come at you and just press it a little bit more, to rub salt in the wounds, to to kick you while you are down. And I'm not talking about the enemy of Shimei because in everything that happens between us and anyone else, our battle is not against flesh and blood ultimately, not against people, but against principalities and powers against Satan and all of his. You know, sometimes we think about this. Letting go of people who offend us in ways that are so much less than what Shimei did to David. We're having trouble. Just, and we think about what he did here. And sometimes there are people who do uh, offend us or hurt us in such a way, but they do care about us. They, they just, they have good intentions, but they do it a wrong way. They have wrong words or it's wrong timing. But it's not all wrong. Not everything is wrong about what they're trying to do. And sometimes it doesn't come off that way. And sometimes it doesn't come off that way, not because of them, but because we already have entered into the interaction with them with a wrong attitude. And we only hear the wrong. To let it go is to deliberately decide to not dwell on this. It is to choose to not talk about it or bring it up again. If you did not choose to let it go, then it's still there somewhere, buried underneath and growing to come up, whether it's back in that relationship or in fact spreading to other relationships. To let it go is not to say that it's fine, it's no big deal, I'm okay. No. 
It's not that David is okay with all this. He didn't say it was no big deal. Rather, there are others who are cursing his life that are so much bigger deal than Shimei. There's a sense that David could let it go because he had bigger sharks that were biting him than this little minnow. What should we really be upset about at times? When we look at our lives, what are the problems that we should be focused on and not distracted by some things that we really just need to let go? You notice as David, I read verse 11 and verse 12, it may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me for the good, the cursing that I'm receiving this day. And everything he says in verse 11 and 12, David is like, why should I be so upset? Why should I want to cut off Shimei's head when the reality is my own son wants to cut mine off? Let's deal with the real and important issues. Be upset with who we're really upset with. Be upset with why we're really upset. Uh, and understand that oftentimes someone rubs us the wrong way because we're already oversensitive. We're already sore in that area. Or we're just looking for someone to let loose on. Hence the, it only takes a spark. They really didn't do that much. It was just a spark. We already had laid the gas and put everything down ready for the fire, just waiting for somebody to start it. But it's our responsibility. So in, in all of this, regarding letting it go, one of the things that's so hard for people to, to receive that letting it go message is not recognizing it, thinking that it's just not a big deal. No, it's not a question of whether wrong has been done. Rather, it's like asking the question that we had a couple months ago. Is this really worth fighting about? Not do you want to, but is it really worth? Or is it something that we should just let go? A wrong that we let go. But that's the first step. The second step is this, and our second point. The one who lets it go releases the wrongdoer. We talked about this last week from the scriptures, how Shimei uh, showed he was not just foolish, but a fool. And David is showing how he is wise. We see in the scriptures in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, a fool shows his annoyance at once, Shimei, but prudent man overlooks an insult. David, how do you do with that? How, how are you doing with those things? David responded instead of reacting. He did not throw rocks right back at Shimei. He didn't yell back at him. He didn't call him names. He didn't argue with him. He didn't respond in any way, including to try to defend himself and correct this gross falsehood. He let it go instead of letting it grow. David's response was not to join the fight already in progress. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes somebody's coming up. Maybe you're not the one that's starting it, but somebody's coming up or something's going on and there's already a fight going on in their mind in progress. And your decision is to respond like Shimei comes at you, Shimei that's coming at you to react to them and join the fight that's already in progress in their mind or to respond like David and let it go. There is a choice we make to not plug into the crazy that is happening. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. 
And not because I'm angry, not because of all this. I mean, whatever's going on, I'm just going to let it go. It's a good lesson for many. It's a good lesson that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. To let it go releases the wrongdoer from any kind of payback or attack reaction. You're not going to hold them hostage for what they did or what they said. They don't owe you anything. They are free to go. Which may seem hard to do, but the reality is that means now you are free as well. Proverbs, remember 19, verse 11, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. To overlook, to pass over, to pass by, to pass beyond, to cover over, to be over, to do away with, to let it go, is exactly what David did. All these things are what that word means. And what he let go was not something that just bugged him about Shimei, It was not something that David said, well, you know what, I'm just in no mood to deal with this guy right now. No, David overlooked an offense, a transgression, a rebellion, a hurt. And in doing so, therefore, he released the wrongdoer. He not only recognized the wrong, but he released the wrongdoer. There's a cost. There's a sacrifice in this. David made in his decision to let it go and that we make. To not let it offend him or bother him deeply. It wasn't easy. It isn't easy for any of us who have personally been attacked. Especially when we're already down and vulnerable like David was. But we have this lesson not just in David. We have this lesson in Jesus himself. Who set the example that we should walk as he walked. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23 we see this verse here when they hurled their insults at him he did not retaliate when he suffered he made no threats instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray and now you've returned to the shepherd the overseer of your souls this involves forgiveness like god who overlooks, in a sense, covers over our sin, covers over by the blood of His Son, Jesus, in a way that He doesn't see it anymore. He, God, was the one in the right, and yet He paid the price. He made the sacrifice. Not the person who did the wrong. Us. Now, perhaps we would say, you know what, wait, wait, but, but, but that person just, they, they just don't deserve for me to let it go. How many of us deserve for God to let it go? Uh, here's a quote from A.W. Tozer. Jesus Christ knows the worst about you, yet nonetheless, he is the one who loves you the most. We are called to 1 Peter 4, verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And we can look on as well. It's on the same screen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. 
with each other and forgive whatever grievances. Bear with each other and forgive whatever, whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. There's a sense that forgiveness, and, and this is something that came up recently in one of our, our devotions, but there's a sense that um, forgiveness it's not just something you give towards individuals. We know that. Someone who specifically hurt us. But forgiveness is also for others in general who, as a group, when there's not necessarily one face to put on the hurt that was done to you, but that as a group, you were hurt by to forgive them like Jesus did. On the cross. You remember what Jesus said? Father, forgive them. He didn't say, that guy just drove the nails. Or these people out here who are yelling, crucify. They do all the kinds of things that this person. I for, forgive this individual. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus didn't forgive them as individuals. But when he made that statement, it was a general statement. Them. This whole crowd. This whole group. Who is it? Not just as an individual that we need to let it go, but who is it that we need to let it go that is some group, some organization, some company, some governmental division, whatever it might be. For some, it may be hard to grasp how David could have just released the wrongdoer to let it go to forgive him. And in some ways... It's hard to grasp what exactly he's getting at with verses 11 and 12, which we were just reading here. You know, it can be confusing when he, David says, Stavish I and his officials, my son who is my own flesh is trying to take my life. How much more this Benjamin? Leave him alone. Let him curse for the Lord has told him to. It may be the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing. What is he saying there? Or what is he trying to get across? Well, first of all, God did not tell Shem, Shimei to sin against David. Curse him, you know, you do this, break the law, basically, because that would have been breaking the law. God did not do that. We read in James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15, God doesn't do those kind of things. It's us and our own desires but we know that he allows those kind of things. We know that he doesn't stop them. Uh, and in the midst of David's other problems, God didn't stop so many problems that happened with Job that he had to face. That ultimately, yes, there was a part that God played in that, but it was Satan who was behind it. In fact, every personal problem we have is in many ways a spiritual problem. How much of what's going on in your battle with that person is actually a spiritual problem with the enemy of your soul? We don't ask ourselves that in the heat of a battle and what's being said. We don't recognize that, you know what, the enemy of your soul wants to get in there to steal, kill, and destroy. How, how many of us will recognize in that moment that this could be a test Hey, it may be the enemy and what he's doing, but God's allowing this to test us. And unfortunately, we just keep having to retake the test over and over and over. 
David recognized sometimes God's trying to get through to us and he uses people, he uses things that sometimes are bad to bring about good, to refine us, to bring about his plan. But always to show that he's got this. He's got us. And he can work it out for good. Like he says in Romans. These are all opportunities to trust God. Just like earlier in First Peter, the verse that we had up there earlier in all of this, they, Jesus was trusting God in the midst of this. David is trusting God's got it. God's got it in the got him in the palm of his hand, and he can bring good out of this bad. But God may bless in everything that's going on. And let's face it: the fact that we're not home yet, that we're still here on this earth, where Jesus promised us in this world you will have tribulation. It should not come as a surprise to us that there are going to be people, even people close to us, who are going to be unkind, hurtful, disrespectful, whether it's unintentionally or on purpose. Sin is in this world. There's so much we can see in this. There's a sense that David lets it go just as God lets it go. And lets it go for God to do the work in Shimei, what he's going to do. In fact, God gives us clear directions about this. In Romans chapter 12, we're not going to have it on their screen, but if keep in mind Romans chapter 12 and verses 17 through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God's got this. And if there is payback that needs to come, then he has got that. And sometimes we're not really thrilled when God's payback is humbling this person to the point that they repent and they come to him and receive his forgiveness. But that's all a part of it. It's something that's eternal, much more than whatever we've experienced on this earthly. Because every one of us will experience our own personal judgment day. Even as Christians, I mean, we talk about it and think, well, I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to heaven. You still are going to face a judgment day as Christians. Letting it go just can seem wrong sometimes. Without anything, you mean no punishment? We just let them go free? The reality is letting it go is about letting us free and finding peace. And obviously that's something that Shimei did not find. David had peace. He went on with his life. Shimei, not so much as we see here in just a little bit. We'll be looking at a passage. But there's a sense that to release the wrongdoer because we ourselves are all wrongdoers. I think that's part of what David is at as, as he's being cursed here, where he's coming from. Is that we have all experienced the grace of God. A God who has released us as wrongdoers. You see, while David was not guilty of shedding Saul's family's blood, that's what Shimei accused him of. God, David was not guilty of that. But David was not innocent. He was not innocent of shedding blood. 
Shimei called him a murderer. He wasn't towards Saul. But you know what? David was a murderer in a sense, but one that was forgiven. But nonetheless, it's true. And in some ways, it can explain a lot of what David's going through in his life right now and what's happening and why all this is going on. Do you remember the sin with Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet coming and confronting him in Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 7 through 13? Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, your master's wives and your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. But he still experienced the consequences of that. And that's what he's living in this passage. That's what he's running away from. And that's what his son Absalom actually does. That exact prophecy that was spoken. Let's be clear. To truly let it go, to overlook something, does not just biting your lip or being quiet and not saying a word. It may seem like a godly response to just shut our mouths, but if we don't let it go, all we're doing is just stuffing it down, put it in a filing cabinet so that we can use it later when we need to get revenge or payback. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love keeps no record of wrongs. David, let it go. Let go of anger. He didn't let it grow. He was able to move on. It didn't work so well for Shimei. If you would, Ed, hopefully you're still at that passage in Second Samuel. Just turn a couple chapters over to chapter 19. You see, it's kind of what goes around, comes back around, so to speak. In Second Samuel chapter 19... And we read in verse 16, much later, after everything's kind of been settled, so to speak, Shimei, son of Gera, the Benjamite from Baharim, hurried down with the men of Judah to meet King David. With him were a thousand Benjamites, along with Ziba, the steward of Saul's household, his 15 sons, 20 servants. They rushed the Jordan at where the king was. They crossed at the ford to take the king's household over and to do whatever he wished when Shimei son of Gera crossed the Jordan he fell prostrate before the king and said to him may my lord not hold me guilty do not remember how your servant did wrong on the day my lord the king left Jerusalem may the king put it out of his mind for I, your servant, know that I have sinned, but today I have come here as the first of the whole house of Joseph to come down and meet my lord the king. And then Abishai, 
who was there the first time this all happened, Abishai, son of Zariah, said, Shouldn't Shimei be put to death for this? How he cursed the Lord's anointed. And David replied, What do you and I have in common, you sons of Zariah? This day you have become my adversary. Should anyone be put to death in Israel today? Do I not know that today I am king over Israel? And so the king said to Shimei, You shall not die. And the king promised him on an oath. David's response shows when Shimei says, Oh, please overlook. David already let it go. Shimei is bowing down as far as he can to him, but David had already let go. Shimei is afraid David's just going to wipe him out now that David's back on the throne, so to speak. David moved on. Shimei's living in fear and not in peace, and suddenly it's come due. How would you react when your Shimei shows up down the road years later? Would your temperature start to rise? We say we let it go. It was in the past, but when that person comes around in the present and you're not okay if you're having to fight for control of your attitudes and even some actions, then did you ever fully let it go? Was there really ever total forgiveness? And then what if that shimmy of yours, kind of like this one, just did this whole apology thing? Oh, please forgive me. How many would say, too little, too late? Forget you. To let it go is not the same as forget you. Forgive you. You know, there are many that would just say it should have been taken care of. This this groveling, sniveling weasel should have taken care of before in verse 9. In our original passage in chapter 16, do you remember what took place there with Abishai? Son of Zariah said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord? The king let me go over and cut off his head. Abishai was ready to be judge, jury, and executioner. And I don't think it was a question when he's saying, Let me go over and cut off his head. It's not a question of, in Abishai's mind, it's not even a question about should I, should his, I cut his head off or not. No, let me. Kind of like, oh, me, me, me. Pick me, pick me. I want to do it. I want to. No, no, David, come on. Let me do it. No, I want to cut off his head. Come on. Let me do it. It's just obvious to everybody. That's what should have been happening. At least obvious in our flesh and the way we think. But David took it to the level that God wanted and let it go. I imagine that They all had experienced something from this guy. But David, even in that moment, did not, even later when he had the chance, a place where he was stronger, did not take revenge. How many of us have people like, not Shimei, but this Abishai? How many of us have people in our lives that when somebody wrongs you, when somebody does something wrong to you or says something to you, they are right there with great advice about off with their heads? Right? You have some people that are going to give you advice. 
I really care about you. You know what? And I don't understand how you can put up with that. Why, if I were you, I would just, and if I, I, I just let me at them. This is the kind of advice that says, well, if someone strikes you on the cheek, then you just need to kick them into next week. It rhymes. Keep it going. No. That's not right. And that's, in a sense, the disciples with Jesus had that whole problem going on in Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. We read, as the time approached for Jesus to be taken to heaven, he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers on ahead who went to a Samaritan village to get things ready. But the people there did not welcome him because they were heading for Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And he and the disciples went to another village. The disciples, the right thing to do, the thing that should have happened right then and there, fired down and let's just get rid of them. That is our natural response. And it seems to be our natural response in our country. And let's face it, in most of our media. Let's do that. But Jesus rebuked them. No. Let it go. And we're going to go on to release those wrongdoers. It doesn't matter what might seem like the righteous thing and this is the right thing. There's something beyond that. So when someone comes up to you and says, do you remember what so-and-so did? You remember what so-and-so did to you and what they said to you? You can respond by saying, No, I don't remember. I have chosen not to remember. I have chosen not to go backwards. I have chosen to let it go. I have chosen to overlook that. And and I know they're going to reply back to you, Wow, I, I don't understand. How could you possibly think that way? After all that person did to you, all that person said, how could you possibly think that way? And your response can be, Because that's how God thinks about me. To forgive, it's gone. Let it go. Buried my sin in the depths of the sea. It's not hard to grasp. It's rather simple. It's like something that I'm holding in my hand here. Okay, I'm going to let it go. It's really not that hard for me to think about what does that mean. The only thing hard is the choice I have to make. But I just let it go. And I don't pick it up again. In fact, this is the way God is towards us. Psalm 103, as you see on your screen, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And it's a curious thing of why God's people find it so difficult to grasp this in our relationship with others, but we say we really do understand God's love and mercy for me. If that's so, then Luke chapter 6, verse 36, Jesus says this, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. 
Now, as, as we wrap this up, I, I got to hit that last verse. I, I probably with time could just let it go, but I, you can't let it go. The last verse in our passage that we've been reading says, The king and all the people with him arrived at their destination exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. Here's what happened. Everything that David was experiencing, including what Shimei was doing, all the wrong that was done to them hurt. The wrong that was done to them took something out of them. And they were exhausted. Not just because they were having to rush and run out. They were exhausted because of the other pressures that were put on them. Because of what was being done to them. David, when it was all said and done, needed time to recuperate, recover, and be refreshed from the verbal murder attempt, so to speak, on his life. He let it go. But that does not mean in that moment that all the pain went away from being stabbed in the back. Here's something that we need to understand. I think sometimes we don't talk about. There is wrong that's done to you. Somebody stabs you in the back. You recognize that. You release that wrongdoer. You let it go. And in letting it go, you take that knife out of your back. But if you don't let it go, the knife stays in. If you don't let it go, that knife stays in. And maybe over time it just kind of becomes numb. It hurts for a while and it becomes numb. And we think we're okay until somebody comes by and happens to just kind of brush that, hit that in some way. And the amount of pain you feel and the reaction you have towards them is not the kind of reaction you should be having. It's just over the top because you still got the knife in. But when we let it go... We pull that knife out, but we need to understand this. And in fact, the people who are the ones who are doing wrong and the wrongdoers need to understand this. When you pull a knife out, it doesn't suddenly just feel great now. Oh, I just pulled the knife out. I'm fine. No pain here. No problem. Because that's what sometimes people say. They say, listen, the pastor just preached. You need to let it go. Why? why, why that was 10 minutes ago. Why are you having a problem? I did let it go. The knife's out. But that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. David needed time to be refreshed from this. It doesn't mean that he didn't experience it. That it didn't have an effect on him. There's got to be some time for healing in this and us recognizing it. Yes, it hurt. That's why... That's a sacrifice to do this. We need to release and free. Um, in fact, I ask the worship team to come. And for you at home to just pray along and, and to recognize what we need to do is just be able to say uh, to the Lord and, and the forgiveness that needs to take place.
But for some of you, we've been talking about the example of God and how he lets it go with us, how he forgives us, recognizing the wrong and yet releasing us as wrongdoers. And maybe you've never experienced that. And and you, you believe this stuff that we're talking about in your head. You, you've got religion. But a relationship where you are free, where you sense the love of God like a father who loves you with an everlasting love. You're missing that real vital relationship, that peace. I ask you to pray along with me as well. Father, first of all, we come to you recognizing that it is impossible for us to forgive and let it go with others if we've not if we don't understand that if we've not received it from you and for those who are watching this day who have never really stepped across that line never received that gift not only of your forgiveness but of the change that you can do in us and bringing us peace and life Or right now that we would acknowledge to you that we have done wrong. You know that, but we want to acknowledge that we've done wrong, that we've sinned. Help us to tell you that. And we ask Jesus to forgive us of that sin. Not in a way that is somehow just keep asking and asking, but to forgive us not only of that sin, but to forgive us that we are sinners, that that is our way. And it needs to change and it can only change as you do it in us. So right now, while recognizing what you did on the cross for us and taking our penalty and our punishment, we ask you, Jesus, to come in to our life. That's the only way things are going to change from the inside out is that you would come into our life as our Savior, as our Lord, and you would take control. And as you do that, Lord, help us to let it go with others just as you let it go with us. To be able to say, Lord, I I forgive them. I choose to forgive them. Lord, I give you my anger. I I give you my resentment. I give you my desire to get even. Even what I feel is my right to get even. I give up all of that and let it go. I let it go to you. I give it all to you. Work and move. Even right now, Jesus. Jesus. You are the one who has such great, amazing love for us. Move in us now.